There's a story going on in our province right now that uh, to me just sounds so, so cool. Think about this for a sec. What's the craziest thing that you've done that you say you, you could blame it on pandemic boredom? You know, maybe some very questionable redecorating. You started a truly ridiculous hobby, watched a horrible show like, I don't know, Friends all over again right from the very beginning. More than likely, whatever you did pales in comparison to what our next guests have gotten themselves into. We're going to chat now with Brett Casey and Elias Edercorn, two guys who I believe, if I have this right, are actually in a canoe right now. Do I have that right, Brett? Elias, you guys are canoeing as we speak? Yeah, yeah, you bet. We're somewhere between Redwater and Smoky Lake. <laughs> okay. Um, you uh, started out... When did, when did the canoe trip start? Let's just establish that. It started, it started about three weeks ago in Rocky Mountain House. Okay. And then we paddled to Edmonton, and we had to hang out there for a few days and wait for our new boat to arrive. Now, you've got your new boat, you're back in the water. Um, tell us about this trip you're taking, because you've been at it for three weeks, and you have barely just begun. <laughs> yeah, definitely just scratching the surface here. <laughs> and, uh, well, the North Saskatchewan that we're on right now, that's probably going to be the longest stretch. It's, I think, well over 1,000 kilometers. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, we're definitely scratching the surface, and we plan maybe four to five months to get out to the Atlantic Ocean. To the Atlantic Ocean, four, five months. Um, And as I said, you guys say the reason you're doing this is basically because you were bored during the pandemic and looking for an adventure. It's that simple? Yeah, it was a little bit of that. And I'm returning to school for my education after degree in Fredericton, where, where Eli and I met. And I just thought it would be a cool way to get there. That's you know pretty COVID safe. We have all our supplies with us, and anytime we need more food, we're getting it mailed to us. So we're not really going to be in towns or cities or anything like that. And we just thought, yeah, it'd be a cool way to get back out east and enjoy the summer. I'm just going to put this out there. You're in a canoe, not going to be around any sound, uh, towns or cities. Have you guys seen Deliverance? Have you seen that movie? I have not. I, I've <laughs> Good. seen that one. Yeah, and. Uh, so we're well aware of the situation, <laughs> but uh, we feel pretty safe and confident out here that we know what we're doing, and uh, we got each other, and then we got our guard dog with us, too, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, you got Tundra the guard dog with you going, so it's not just you two, you've also got uh, some canine companionship with you. Yeah, we've got uh, my girl that I've had for a couple of years now, and she loves uh, the adventure probably more than we do. Now, this is an adventure, but it's also going to be pretty grueling, I would think. What, what's the background that you guys have? I mean, are you experienced outdoors people, experienced canoers, or is this something brand new to you? Yeah, we're, we're fairly experienced outdoors people. Uh, we both have forestry backgrounds and worked wildland firefighting for a number of years. I think Eli, five years. I did it for 12 years. So we're quite used to just being out in remote areas for extended yeah. periods of time. And just in our hobbies, we, we enjoy camping and hiking and getting out there. I used to be a whitewater raft guide in 2008 on the upper Red Deer River. And, and then I used to work for the Boy Scouts of America paddling the Lake of the Woods area, taking groups out and interpreting the lakes and the trails and teaching people how to camp. So. Okay. So you've done, you've done something kind of remotely connected to this before uh, what kind of planning goes into something like this when you're talking about a four or five month long canoe trip i mean just how much pre-planning did you have to do before you felt comfortable hitting the water probably more than we enjoyed or anticipated neither of us are very good planners i suppose uh, i think the first call was at the end of december and i said you want to paddle to new brunswick and he said yeah sure 
And I think at the end of the phone call, we maybe had talked a little bit about, should we start looking at roots or this or that? And I think we both just said, well, it's going to be easy. We just float down the river. (laughs) As it got closer, we started realizing, yeah, we need four months worth of food and we need a canoe, which almost didn't make it. And that's a pretty pivotal piece. But yeah, as it got closer, we definitely put in quite a bit of work, probably a month's worth of dehydrating food. And it was a little difficult at times with uh, Eli at the time was living in on Gabriel Island and I was living in Canmore. Yeah. So we had to do a lot of planning via phone calls and Skype and things like that. Um, the, the, the route, like you said, I mean, uh, this is going to sound really, really dumb, but uh, that's okay. Can you just hop in the North Saskatchewan and basically go all the way through one waterway or another all the way to Fredericton? I mean, is this is it that is that possible? How does this work? Um, so if you look back in the history, like people used to cross this country all the time. There's a couple of different routes, but we're taking one of the main ones, and the North Saskatchewan takes us almost all the way into Manitoba and then like Winnipeg, and then you got to you got to go up river for a little bit just to to being far north now, and then we're heading south and east. Uh, so there is some strategic planning to do through the lake systems, but there's so many options there because it's such a high-trafficked area. And then we got to hop on the Big La Superior, and then we can take the St. Lawrence across. And So there's a little bit of planning, and then uh, Brett did a really good job at looking at some options and talking to people that have done the trip before and their ideas and what's going on out there. But we feel pretty confident that we're going to almost change our mind here and there and be like, oh, we can go this way today. So what's a day, an average day in this trek look like? How far do you go? And then, I mean, do you have to sort of like set up camp every night? I guess you do, right? Yeah, you bet. It was a little uh, adventurous at the beginning that first week when we left Rocky Mountain House. We left in the middle of a snowstorm and it was minus 10. And there was about uh, six to eight feet of, it looked like glacier ice on either side of the river. So we really had to have our wits about us to actually stay in the boat because it was so cold. We didn't want to be getting wet and might have been a while before we could take out of the river. But uh, a typical day now that the weather has changed and spring has sprung and there's some green leaves on the trees is just wake up in the morning, get the stove going, boil some water for coffee, make some porridge or something like that, pack up camp, load the boat, and just hit the water. Yeah. Um, I think so far we've been averaging about, on average, 50 kilometers a day. Okay. They've They've been relatively short days, about six hours, six and a half hours. It's an awesome way to see the country, I guess, right? I mean, you're seeing things that it, it's got to be amazing just in terms of, you know, the, the scenery, the wildlife, everything else. It's got to be a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, being on the water, a lot of the wildlife definitely flock towards it, and it's uh, been really pretty so far. Uh, we've seen, like, every day we see something new, and we mark it off and write it in our journals. Uh, we've both driven across this country a few times and seen it in different ways flying as well and mm. uh we were happy to see like the sandhill cranes flying over edmonton i think i said swans before in our last interview because we were a little scattered um but like last night there was a moose just uh, across the island from us and there's always all sorts of new waterfowl around and so we're hoping to keep track of things and keep our eyes open it's just a beautiful country and has a lot to offer it sounds so cool. You guys stay safe, and thanks for uh, taking a little time. Maybe we'll check in later this summer and see how it's going. Yeah, you bet. Uh, we're not really good at social media, but we have an Instagram page called Alongside Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at Instagram either, but I'll pass that along. Alongside Canada, that's what it's called? Yeah, we throw a couple photos up from time to time. That's all we can ask. All we can ask. Brett, 
Uh, Eli, thanks so much. I appreciate your time today. You bet. Thank you as well. There you go. Uh, Brett Casey and Elias Edercorn, uh, who left Rocky Mountain House about three weeks ago, passed through Edmonton already, are now between Redwater and Smoky Lake as they make the trek all the way to Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, 